Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Small town legends are a bit of fun. Something to whisper to each other at a campfire or maybe at a little sleepover with your friends. But most legends are based in a little bit of truth. But what if they were based in a whole lot of truth? What if the legend was completely real and now it was waiting for you? Feel the chill in the air. Listen to the leaves rustle as they die and fall to the ground. It is Halloween. Experience tales of horror, ghosts, and death. It is not recommended for the weak at heart. Join me for a tale of Halloween. This is Weekly Spooky. Well, my spookies, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's time for a little spooky in your weekly. I'm your host and narrator, Enrique Kuto, and as you know, October has been non-stop spooky. We've been releasing a new show every single day this month, and we are not slowing down now. In fact, tonight is a very special episode because it's a brand new novella written by our very own Rob Fields. And... It's relatively family-friendly, so if you have kids in the car who like being scared, this story might scare them a little bit, but it won't harm their delicate ears. But before we get to that, I want to let you know, if you're a big fan of Strickfield, Weekly Spooky's very own small town where all kinds of terrifying things happen, make sure to head over to weeklyspooky.com and get your very own brand new Strickfield High sweatshirt. I'm a big fan of merchandise that only I really know the concept behind. That way, if another fan spots me in the wild, we can kind of nod to each other, and this is one of those. It looks like a traditional high school sweatshirt, but it's for Strickfield High School. So grab yourself one at weeklyspooky.com. I sure do appreciate it. And hey, if you're enjoying the show, head over to your favorite podcasting app and make sure you're subscribed because there's a lot more where this comes from. But now, I don't want to waste too much more time. We have quite a show for you. 
extra long for your pleasure. So please get comfortable, settle in for whatever you're doing while you listen, and let's bring on the spooky, because boy howdy is it coming. But hey, while you have that podcast app open, why not drop us a five-star rating, whether it's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you're at Spotify, leave a comment. Let us know how you like the show. We appreciate it a whole heck of a lot. But now, on with the program after these quick words. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Return to Crybaby Bridge by Rob Field. Aw, man. Yeah, I suppose I ought to be glad Ariel Mirren invited me to another one of her parties. There's two problems with this. The first one, it's another Mirren-only event. These parties take place at a different Mirren mansion inside the gated community. This time up, it's at Ariel's. If you're wondering if I'm feeling kind of scared right now, you ain't far off. Imagine you being the only one at this thing who ain't a Mirren. Everybody's dressed all fancy and stuff. The gents are wearing nice suits and the ladies are wearing gowns. I'm the only one here who ain't wearing fancy clothes. I'm sure getting dirty looks from people, either for the clothes I'm wearing or because they know I ain't a Mirren. Maybe it's both, which brings me to the second problem. Tonight is Halloween. I was hoping to be out trick-or-treating with Carter Cross, my next-door neighbor and buddy. Unfortunately, Ariel intercepted me when she saw me at Strickfield Town Center Mall with Mom this afternoon. Soon as she saw me going into Spirit Halloween, Ariel all but cornered me and said I was coming to her party. And with Ariel, you can't really refuse, because she's... Ariel... So here I am at Ariel's and keeping on high alert while holding a saucer and drinking a cup of coffee. I almost got half a mind to bail and go trick-or-treating with Carter, but I know I'll never hear the end of it from Ariel. Speaking of whom, she's back. I'm telling you, Mouse, 
The only reason I think mom makes me attend these parties is to keep my little goober of a cousin, Stuart, away from everything, Ariel tells me. He's the cousin you're always babysitting, right? I ask. Ariel groans. I might as well be his mom since I'm the only person who has to watch him all the time. Either Aunt Margaret drops him off here for me to babysit or I'm told to entertain him at family events to keep him out of trouble. I've been meaning to ask Ariel why she keeps inviting me to these things. I think I get it now. I'm probably the one person here keeping her sane. Also, Ariel's mom told her on no uncertain terms that Mona Abel's and Bailey Downs ain't allowed at Mirren-only functions. So what makes me so special? Ariel's dressed like a proper princess, like the other girls here her age. I know what you're thinking, Mouse. I invite you to these events because I've got to have someone I know that I can talk to. Mom can't stand Bailey and Mona, but seems to like you. I barely even know your parents, Ariel, I tell her. My mom knows your mom, she explains. She pays your mom to do the artwork for the video games my mom codes. She's got another one coming out just in time for the holidays. Don't you mean your mom knows me? I say. And then I'm in trouble. Next thing I know, Ariel's mom, Adrian, comes over to where we are. Now she's giving me this weird scowl. Probably upset I'm here. Then again, she always looks like that. Next thing I know, Adrian's examining my scarf. Do you always dress this way, Madeline? She asks me. I ain't really sure how to answer her. Is everything okay, Mom? Ariel asks her. Oh yeah, Ariel's practically a smaller, younger version of her mom, by the way. May I ask where you purchase your berets and scarves? Adrian asks me, ignoring Ariel. I start to talk to Adrian, but then I remember Ariel telling me not to talk too loosely around her. I buy them at Dillard's store at your family's mall. It's the only place I know that sells them. Adrian looks me over again. I'm the only female here who ain't wearing a dress. Just wearing a pair of dress pants, a nice blouse with a matching vest, dress shoes with comfy socks, and my beret and scarf. Oh, and my Velma Dinkley-looking glasses. Then Adrian lets go of my scarf. Next thing I know, her eyes are wide open. Are you drinking coffee, Madeline? Um, it's quite delicious, ma'am, I reply. She raises an eyebrow. Aren't you a bit young to be drinking coffee? Well, you did tell me to help myself to whatever I wanted, I remind her. I wanted to try some of your coffee. I'm guessing you don't buy it from anywhere here in town. Out of the corner of my eye, I can see Ariel giving me a worried look, like she's asking me what I'm doing. Then I quickly compose myself. I'm thinking you offered some of your coffee to Mom when you invited her here to talk about her artwork for your games. She brought some home and let me try some. I've been drinking coffee since I was nine. Adrian nods once. Then I'll give you some more to take home with you. I actually don't drink coffee myself. My sister brought it for me from one of her travels in Brazil. I only put coffee out at our family gatherings. She reaches over and picks up the carafe. Then she tops me off. I'll be sending your mom's artwork home with you as well. Don't worry, I've approved it, so she'll be pleased to know that. Adrian and I talk a little longer. Then she excuses herself and walks away. Now I slowly turn and face Ariel. You could have at least made a little plate of cheese or something, Ariel groans. 
Oh, because you call me Mouse, right? I reply. Now Ariel just looks at me and tightens her fists. I hate you, Mouse! Aw, what I do now? I ask. I get another Ariel groan before she grabs my arm and pulls me into the garage, turning on the light. After she pulls the door shut, she faces me. Mom never talks to me at these parties, she confesses. Not unless Stuart's getting into trouble again. You want to know the real reason Mom doesn't want Mona and Bailey here? I invited them once and told them they needed to dress up. Know what they wore? School clothes! Can you believe Mona and Bailey don't own any dresses? Um, I don't own any either, I pipe up. Ariel growls again. You three are girls. What do you mean you don't own any dresses? I shrug. Give me something to wear a dress for and I'll go buy one. Ariel balls her fists. I told you to wear a dress when I invite you to family gatherings. Then she clears her throat. Mom immediately recognized Mona and Bailey and practically threw them out. That was Great Uncle Bartholomew's 90th birthday party, by the way. But ain't Mirren family parties supposed to be that? I ask. Ariel closes her eyes and sighs. I'm so bored of these things, Mouse. I hate these parties. Unfortunately, Mom won't let me skip them. At least if I'm going to attend them, then I want somebody I know here with me. Since Mona and Bailey are out, that only leaves you. Face it, Mom likes you. That's why she's never kicked you out of any of the family parties I've invited you to. I smirk. That end, you always saying you'll kill me at the next slumber party if I didn't come. Which you know I would. Ariel grins and points right at me. See? There are a few things I can own you on. Then she tightens her jaw. Now I just have to figure out how to own Carter Cross, and all can be right in my world. Suddenly, the garage door we came through opens. Ariel's mom's right there now. I thought I specifically instructed you to keep little Stuart from getting into things. He just climbed up onto one of the buffet tables and knocked all kinds of food to the floor. Get in here and get him. Ariel surprises her mom by tightening her fists and growling. How about you go after that little goober for once? Adrian gasps. I beg your pardon? I am done being Stuart's babysitter. Ariel hits the main garage door opener. And just where do you think you're going, young lady? Adrian demands. Don't you dare think for one second that you're leaving this event. Next thing I know, Ariel's grabbing my arm. Come on, we're leaving. I give Adrian an apologetic look as Ariel's tugging me out of the garage with her. You'll be sorry for this, Ariel Renaissance Mirren, we hear Adrian calling out behind us. Soon as we start moving down the driveway, the door closes. Ariel breathes a huge sigh of relief. I'm sorry you saw that. Not sorry. I'm just looking at her now. You don't think your mom's gonna get you when you get back home? Then Ariel sees I still got my cup of coffee. Finish your drink, and don't break those. Mom really will go ballistic. Then she holds herself and shivers. Okay, I didn't think this through. Nope, my jacket's still at your place too. I sip my coffee. We can always go back to my place and get jackets. I don't live far from your gated community. Ariel shivers more now. I guess we're going to your little mouse hole.
Ariel and I walk quickly to the main gate and step through the side door to leave the Mirren gated community. We keep walking fast. Good thing it's a straight shot from the Mirren's main gate to my place. Is that coffee still warm? Ariel asks. Not much, I reply, knowing what she's implying. You ain't gonna like it. When Ariel's still looking at me, I hand her the rest of the coffee. She takes it and takes a drink. Ugh! I look at her with wide eyes when the cup and the saucer both fall and shatter on the sidewalk. Then she looks at me. Again, I don't know how you drink this crap, mouse. I point down. Um, yes, I broke them, Ariel snaps. Mom can disown me for all I care. I sigh. Come on, we ain't far from my place. I want to offer Ariel something to help cover her bare arms. That's what you get for running away in just a princess dress, right? Anyway, we keep walking fast until we get to my place. Nice house, Ariel mutters, looking at the red brick one. Oh, that's Carter's place, I tell her. I live in this one. My place looks more like an American dream type place. You know, the nice white house with the picket fence with two cars and a garage. Suddenly, the back porch light next door comes on as Ariel and me are about to reach my back porch. We both turn to see Carter Cross opening up and stepping outside. Madeline Donnerly, hey! He points at me. Your parents wanted me to tell you that they went to North Ridgeway to see your aunt and uncle there. Yeah, they said they might, I reply. Now Carter sees Ariel. What are you doing here? Shouldn't you be sitting on your throne at your palace, your highness? Ariel growls and points at him. You can just shut up, Carter Cross. Carter laughs. Hey, you ain't in your walled-off kingdom now, princess. You're out here with the rest of us peasants now. Then he notices. Oh, I get it. Since you got ice water in your veins, you're nice and comfy in the cold, right? Ariel screams and runs right up onto his porch. Real easy since Carter and I share our wide driveway. Carter tries to hurry in and slam the door, but he greatly underestimated both how close Ariel was and how fast she can run, even in her princess dress. Ah oh, man, I mutter and walk to Carter's. I come inside and see Carter and Ariel circling each other at his kitchen table. Ariel tightens her fists. Oh, you just wait, Carter Cross. Just as soon as I get my hands on you. What? You gonna call your royal guards and have them boil me in oil out in the driveway, princess? Carter teases. Yeah, time to put this thing to bed for the moment. I open Carter's refrigerator and grab a Coke. Here, Ariel. Ooh. Ariel takes the can and quickly cracks it. Carter's given me his weird look now. Really, Madeline? I shrug. You want to keep tempting fate with Ariel? Carter sees I'm right and backs off. He comes over to us now. Okay, so what are you guys doing here? What happened to Her Majesty's royal ball? Ariel looks at him and growls again. Her hands are starting to crush the can. I quickly step in between them. Her Majesty escaped from the ball to avoid the stroke of midnight. I look at Ariel. She didn't want to turn back into a Halloween pumpkin. Ariel gawks at me now. I hate you, mouse! I laugh a little. Sorry, couldn't resist. Then I get serious. Ariel had to escape from 
yet another family party. She really hates doing them. Carter laughs. Well, looks like Princess Ariel is human after all. Carter, Ariel yells. Hey, rich girl, you're in my house now, he reminds her. I'm the king here, Queenie. Great, Ariel's hopping mad again. Oh, you, you. Before Ariel can scream her blood-curdling scream, I quickly raise my hands in between them. Come on, you two. Truce? Just for tonight. They both look at me. Now they're looking at each other again. Nah, they utter together. Carter points at Ariel. Come on, your majesty. What are you doing here, huh? Ariel growls again. Mouse just told you, you buffoon. What's the matter? You got butter in your ears? Carter sneers. Better than rocks in your head. Aw, man. Ariel screams her blood-curdling scream and drops the pop. Now she's right on top of Carter and attacking him like a wild creature. Carter's holding her wrists and laughing. I sigh and work on cleaning up the pop. Next thing I know, they just stop. I look right at them and see they're just looking right at each other. Ariel's still mad and Carter's still holding her wrists. Want to know what I know? Carter and Ariel like each other. They don't want to admit it, but I can see it. Yeah, yeah, I know. They fight all the time. Ariel's always drinking his sodas and treating him like he's beneath her. Carter won't give in to Ariel at school and makes fun of her instead. But I seen this kind of thing between them. I even caught Carter looking at pics of her on his phone. And no, he don't know I know. I quickly move to him now. Truce, you guys? Please? Carter slowly lets Ariel's wrists go when I help her up. Then Carter gets up too. He holds out his hand to Ariel. Okay, truce. Ariel's still looking mad, but she shakes his hand. Truce. But just for tonight. Suddenly, there's a knocking at the front door. Probably trick-or-treaters, I tell Carter. He shakes his head. Can't be, Madeline. I ain't got the front porch light on. Besides, I'm about to go trick-or-treating myself. You two can come with. Open up! We know you're in there! Don't make us kick this door in, Carter! We hear from the front door. Don't go away. Weekly Spooky will be right back. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ariel groans and moves to the front door. She opens it to reveal Mona Abels and Bailey Downs, two of Ariel's besties. I look at Carter, who gives me a kind of angry look for Ariel letting her friends in his house. I just shrug. Ariel's gonna be Ariel. How did you two know I was here? Ariel asks him. Bailey laughs. Mona and I heard you scream when we passed by while we were trick-or-treating. She's dressed up like a Ghostbuster, complete with a replica proton pack. Yeah, you're the only girl we know who can scream the way you do, Mona adds. She's the one who threatened to kick Carter's door in, and she's dressed up like... Food? Mona sees me now. What are you looking at, mouse? Yes, I'm a Denoyer's grilled cheeseburger. Shut up! I shrug. You do you. Then Carter speaks up. Long as you three are here in my house, you ain't picking on Madeline. Ariel actually backs him up. Truce for tonight, you guys. Then Bailey notices. Hey, wait a minute. Ain't you supposed to be at your party? Mouse and I both made a jailbreak, Ariel told him in a nutshell. Now, we're here. Bailey and Mona listen to Ariel's story. Okay, so what now? Mona asks. Then her eyes go wide. What are you looking at, Carter? Then she's walking into the den. The rest of us follow her. Then we're all around the computer. Carter sits down and tells us. I was just looking over some Strickfield local legends on the university's website. He looks at Mona. What's the big deal? Bailey answers for her. Mona and I were actually just talking about that legend, the one you're looking at right now, Carter. What are the chances? Carter looks at the screen. The Crybaby Bridge? I was just looking at it. Never really heard of this legend. I look his way now. Really? Nope. Then he looks at Mona and Bailey. Okay, so you two were saying this is a local legend? Yeah, right. It is a local legend, Mona snaps. The bridge is located on Indian Hollow Road. It ain't far from Denoyer's Grill. Ariel rolls her eyes. Listen to you talking about ghosts and things again. Mona growls and bumps Ariel. You don't get to go there, especially when we all ended up seeing Bloody Mary last month. When the three of them see Carter and me just looking at him, they sure get quiet fast. Something you want to tell us? Carter asks. No, they all say together. Ariel points at me now. And you be quiet, mouse. I just shrug. I ain't said nothing. We pinky promised on that, remember? Now Carter looks at me. Sorry, buddy. But a pinky promise is a pinky promise. We made a few ourselves. Ariel's got to tell you because I can't. Carter nods. Then he asks Mona and Bailey. 
What made you two talk about the crybaby bridge anyway? People were talking about it at Roth's Rings, Bailey says. We stopped there for a little bit. Then we came this way, heard Ariel scream. You know the rest. Okay, since we're all here together now, what's the plan? Ariel asks. Carter says, I guess we can all go trick-or-treating since everybody's dressed for it. Ariel and me ain't wearing costumes, I point out. Ariel smirks and puts a hand on her shoulder. Princess? Then she puts a hand on my shoulder. Aristocrat. Problem solved, Mouse. Or maybe put Mickey Mouse ears on her, Mona cracks. Carter's about to get on her, but Ariel beats him to it. Truce tonight. That means you and Bailey too. Mona ain't wanting none of it, but Bailey puts a hand on her shoulder. Come on, girl, we can truce for one night. It's Halloween. Let's just have some fun. Mona sighs. Fine, truce. But we're going to Denoyer's Grill right after we're done trick-or-treating. Sounds like a plan, Carter agrees. Carter's wearing his Strickfield Junior High football uniform as his costume. Then he gets Ariel and me a couple of Halloween trick-or-treat baskets. Ariel's is a green skull and mine's a purple jack-o'-lantern. After he gets Ariel and me jackets, he grabs his pillow sack and we're all out the front door. The five of us make the rounds in the village and get all kinds of goodies. Carter and me went trick-or-treating a few times this week. Sure is nice that the people of Strickfield voted it a week long. And there's no school today or tomorrow. Also, you should see all the decorations. People really go all out for Halloween here. It's the most wonderful time of the year, for sure. We eventually decide after Denoyer's Grill that we'll all gather in my living room since Mom and Dad ain't coming home till tomorrow afternoon sometime. We'll watch scary movies and just hang out. I think I suggested that because it's Halloween and because Ariel's mom called. We all just looked at each other as Ariel and her mom got into it. Ariel ended up screaming and dropping her phone into a creek on purpose as we crossed a bridge. That was when I suggested movies. We end up dropping back at Carter's a few times to drop off all the candy we got. When we drop by there again, Mona speaks up. Guys, let's go to Denoyer's Grill. I'm really hungry. You already ate three candy bars, Ariel says. And those caramel apple donuts you just had at Roth's Rings, Bailey adds. Mona groans. I'm sorry, you guys. All the walking we're doing is making me hungry. Then Carter asks everybody, You guys think we got enough candy? Looks like Mona's gonna win. We got more than enough candy, so we stop trick-or-treating around 9.30 and walk out to Denoyer's Grill. About 20 minutes later, we're going in. Denoyer himself seats all of us in a booth and gives us menus. I can't wait. I've been thinking about this place all day, Mona says excitedly. Bailey turns to her. Why don't you just move out here already? I'm sitting outside the booth with a chair from another table. Carter and Ariel kind of look at each other as they sit together and watch Mona and Bailey bicker. Truth is, I've been hanging out with everybody here for years. Mona loves to eat. Fortunately for her, she doesn't show it. When we have pizza at Ariel's sleepovers every Friday night, Mona eats the most. Anyway, I'm used to her and Bailey's bickering by now. Denoyer comes and takes our orders and puts a cheeseburger that almost resembles Mona's costume down in front of her. Um, Mona? 
Ariel asks. Mona's got a big smile now. When she sees us looking at her, she points to the door. Flyer there says if you come dressed like a Denoyer's cheeseburger on Halloween, you get one for free. And there's yours, Denoyer tells her. I look up at him. How many have you given away for that today? Mona here makes six, he tells me. Not too many people take it seriously. I do it every year. Soon as we give our orders, it ain't long before there's more surprises. Maddie? I look and see. Einie! Einie's short for Einstein, a name Cousin Aileen's older brother Martin gave her years ago. Wow, they really are twins, I hear Ariel whisper to Carter. People say Cousin Aileen and I look exactly alike. Twin cousins. We got the same long brown hair, same faces, same height, same voices, and even the same Velma Dinkley-looking glasses. Keep in mind, though, I'm in the seventh grade. Aileen's a senior at Strickfield High. Now everybody else at my table can gawk when Cousin Aileen and I hug. Then I see she ain't alone. Bells! Hi! Bella Tabon smiles. Didn't think Einie and I would run into you here, Maddie. Cousin Aileen and Bells sit in the booth across from ours, so I sit with them. It's all the same since we're all here to eat and have fun. I can see Ariel's admiring Bells' costume. She's dressed up kinda like Elvira, except she's got her vampire face on. For the record, Bells is a real vampire. Cousin Aileen's dressed up like an 80s chick. Anyway, you should have seen the faces on everybody I came here with when Bells gives her order. Yup, they heard her order five bacon cheeseburger platters and a big pitcher of Coke. See, Bells is a different kind of vampire. She don't drink blood. She's a daywalker and she eats lots and lots of food. And you guys give me a hard time about my appetite, Mona mutters. So the seven of us are just hanging out and enjoying the great food. Much to the surprise of everybody else, Bella eats every bite. She even orders a whole pumpkin silk pie for dessert. And then Bells gives everybody a huge treat by paying for everybody. Yeah, being a Tabon, she's definitely got money. I don't know if it's like Ariel's money, but, but Bells can definitely afford to eat and pay her fair share of everything since she lives with Einie. I'm stuffed, Einie says. You only ate a plate of fries, Maddie. You never eat much. I eat what I gotta eat and I'm done, I tell her. Bells sneers. More like you drink what Einie eats. That's your fifth cup of coffee. I shrug. Denoyer's got pumpkin chai deathwish coffee. That and I gotta stay up all night with my people. Movies? Einie asks. Yeah, Mom and Dad ain't home, so I can host at my place. You and Bells should come, I say. Einie yawns. I don't think it's going to happen. I got up way too early this morning, forgot we didn't have school today, and couldn't get back to sleep. When we're all done, I share hugs with Bells and Einie. We leave Denoyer's Grill just after they do. You two could be sisters, Mona tells me. Ain't the first time I heard that one, I reply. I don't think I can tell them apart, Ariel says. I can, Bailey speaks up. How? Mona challenges her. Bailey smirks. It's all in the eyes. No, come on, Ariel groans. How do you know, Bailey? 
I just told you, she groans back. When Ariel and Mona sigh like they've been crushed, I snicker to myself. Get what Bailey's trying to tell him. That's right. It's our eyes. Aileen's got brown ones. And mine are blue. Okay, let's go to Madeline's and watch some movies, Carter says. Then he says to Ariel, I still can't believe you just tossed your phone in the water like that. Mom will get over it, Ariel replies. As we're almost off Denoyer's property, Mona suddenly stops us. You guys, remember when we were talking about the crybaby bridge earlier? We're not far from there. We should totally go and check it out. Bailey's excited now. Mona's right. Indian Hollow Road ain't far from here. Maybe a half hour walk to that bridge tops. Let's go check it out. Then we can go to Mouse's house and watch movies. Carter bumps my shoulder a little. What do you think, Madeline? I shrug. It's Halloween, right? For at least another half hour, anyway, Ariel says, looking at her smartwatch. Yeah, but who really goes by the clock on Halloween night, Bailey mutters. People are still going to be celebrating into the late hours. Kind of like us. Now I get a little goofy. I don't know, Carter. I don't think these other girls want to tempt fate going out to that bridge. I point to him now. Remember you three said you saw Bloody Mary last month at one of Ariel's sleepovers? Ariel holds herself a little. Oh, shut up! Carter and I start laughing. Ariel tightens her fists. I hate you, mouse! I'm just funnin'. Come on, you guys. It's Halloween, I remind him. So we turn and start walking to Indian Hollow Road. Mona kinda shivers a little now. Thank God we ain't seen Bloody Mary in our mirrors again since last month, assuming we weren't really just seeing things to begin with. You three afraid of ghosts? Carter asks him. Then Ariel slaps his arm. Ow! Shut up, Carter, she mutters after. Carter pulls his phone out. What are you looking at? Bailey asks him. Since it'll take us a little bit to get to the crybaby bridge, we might as well look into it, he answers. Here we are, right on Strickfield University's website. Carter tells us the story about how the bridge was built during the American Civil War years. Abigail Tomlin was promised to this rich lord named Alvin. Abigail had no real desire to marry Alvin and fought him every step of the way. And even though Abigail became pregnant with Alvin's child, she still refused to marry him. Shortly after she'd given birth to Arthur, Abigail took her son and fled. It wasn't long before Alvin learned she ran away and pursued her. It was on that bridge, we're all on our way to now, where Alvin caught up to her. Abigail Tomlin still refused to marry him. Furthermore, she refused to hand Arthur over to him. She knew Alvin had a pistol. Abigail had one herself. They both drew and were at a standoff. Alvin was more treacherous and shot her first. Abigail shot and wounded him too. More shots were fired until Abigail was about to die. She still refused to marry Alvin and give the crying Arthur to him. Since Alvin knew he could never have Abigail's heart, he shot her and finished her off. 
Alvin hadn't planned on Abigail leaning against the bridge's railing and taking both her and their son into the raging waters of the Castalia River. It was said Arthur was crying all the way down. Carter gets a few shivers out of the other girls when he says how both Abigail Tomlin and baby Arthur's bodies were never found, and there were huge search parties out looking for him. Then he finishes up in an eerie tone, and it was on such a night, just like tonight. Bailey, Mona, and Ariel shriek. Ariel wants to smack him again, but he quickly moves out of her way. Then Carter moves behind Bailey and grabs her shoulders. On nights, just like tonight, he resumes. Just go to that very bridge off Indian Hollow Road and wait there. He moves his head right next to Bailey's. Just for a while, you might, just might, hear the sounds of little baby Arthur crying. Bailey laughs now. Maybe if you ask Veranda, Queen of the Night, nicely, she might let you be your assistant on Friday Night Fright. Carter moves out from behind Bailey, and this time Ariel does slap his arm again. Creep! Suddenly Carter turns and makes these ghostly groans. Ariel cries out and runs as Carter's chasing her. I'm going to kill you, Carter! Ariel yells. You already did! Carter cries back in a ghostly groan. Your driver ran me over with your limo last week. Now I'm back to claim you, my darling, Ariel. No, stop! Ariel laughs, still running. Then Carter trips on a root and falls over. Suddenly Ariel's on top of him and trying to slap him some more. I'm going to kill you! Carter's laughing as Ariel growls and tries to pry his arms apart so she can slap his face. He's too strong for her, though. Then Carter makes Ariel cry out when he grabs her and turns her onto her back. Now they're just looking at each other again. Like I told you earlier, these two really like each other. Get off me, Carter, Ariel says in a menacing voice, or I shall kill you. When Carter don't get off her, she surprises him by suddenly lifting her head and clacking her teeth. Carter quickly gets off. Mona, Bailey, and me laugh when Ariel's on her feet and chasing him around now. You just wait until I get my hands on you, Carter Cross, Ariel shouts. I'll teach you to scare me. Ariel does catch Carter and actually takes him down to the grass. I ain't gonna be the one to tell Ariel she's got green stains on her dress. Then again, I don't think she even cares. Remember, Ariel did drop her cell phone in a creek earlier when she didn't want to talk to her mom anymore. Now it's Ariel's turn to stare at Carter. Then she lowers herself. Is Ariel really gonna kiss him? You're not safe yet. Weekly Spooky will be right back. Yuck! Carter cries out when Ariel sticks out her tongue and licks all the way up his face. Cooties! Now the three of us are laughing so hard we're falling onto the grass ourselves. Then I feel myself crying when I hear Carter yelling, Get off me, you crazy freako! 
By the time we finish laughing it up, Carter and Ariel are waiting at the road. We're making our way to him slowly but surely. I'm so glad we could make your night, Ariel mutters. Yeah, thanks a lot, Madeline, Carter adds. You know, you could have pulled Ariel off me. I quickly shake my head. Nope, you're the one who tempted fate. Then Carter resumes his eerie tone again. But do we dare tempt fate? Do we dare take those steps to the bridge told in local Strickfield legend? He quickly steps out in front of us. This might very well be our last opportunity to turn back. Suddenly, he pulls a flashlight out from behind him and turns it on to light up his face, making Ariel, Mona, and Bailey shriek. While we still can! When Carter turns off the flashlight, Ariel turns and gives me a little slap on my shoulder. And again, you never get scared. And on Halloween! What's with you, mouse? I shrug. Like I keep telling you, give me something to be scared about. Ariel growls her usual growl. I hate you, mouse. How much further we gotta go? Mona asks. We can't be too far now. Carter points ahead. We just gotta go down that hill and we're there. I think... I think I can see it, Bailey says. So can I, I add. When we're at the top of the hill, we can see the metal skeleton bridge going over the Castalia River. That's really it? Mona whispers. Yup. Carter lets Mona look at his phone. You guys, look at this, Mona says, showing us the phone. The picture looks just like that bridge. Well, looks like the bridge rusted over time, Carter notes. Must still be a good bridge since it's never been closed. So how do we do this, Ariel asks. I mean, we don't really just wait up here, right? Ariel's right, Carter agrees. I think we're supposed to actually go to the bridge and just hang out there. Believe it or not, none of us are moving to head down the hill and go to the bridge. Truth be told, I'm waiting to see who's going to do it first. Then Ariel says, We'll follow you and Mona, Carter. Let's go, Carter replies. Carter and Mona are leading the way. They get a little bit ahead of us. Then I hear Bailey and Ariel talking. You know you like him, Bailey tells Ariel. Excuse me, Ariel mutters. Bailey smiles, flashing teeth. That's right, you keep telling Mona and me how you hate Carter Cross, but we can see you really like him. Oh, shut up, Ariel snaps, but Bailey keeps going. You'll become boyfriend and girlfriend next year, I'm guessing. Then you'll be high school sweethearts. You'll be dating and going to the Strickfield High dances together. You'll marry Carter after graduation and start a family. When Ariel doesn't reply, I think Bailey and me both know. It ain't no secret in our group, that's for sure. Ariel and Carter really like each other, more than they ever want to admit. I hate you, Bailey, Ariel mutters. Truth hurts, Bailey says. We're a quarter of the way down the hill behind Carter and Mona. We keep going until we're all at the bottom of the hill. Then we follow the road to the right curve. Shortly after, we walk into the left curve. Then we all stop, 
just at the bridge. Ain't nobody walking out onto it right away. Before long, I go for it and walk right on to the crybaby bridge and stop when I reach the middle. Then I turn and go lean on the rail. Carter's on my left and Ariel's on my right now. Bailey stands on the other side of Carter and Mona's on the other side of Ariel. Okay, we're here. What now? Bailey asks. I don't see anything else on the university's website, Carter tells her. It just says we wait. Looks like we got here just in time. It's ten minutes till midnight. Mona takes a big, deep breath. Wow, I can't believe we're really doing this on Halloween night, the five of us. Yeah, we normally don't hang out with you, Carter, Ariel says. It's just usually Mona, Bailey, and me. Then there's you and Mouse. Except for Friday night sleepovers, I remind her. And all the other times you text me saying I gotta meet up with you guys right now. Yeah, I'd say Madeline's a part of your little girl group, Carter says. Mona points at Carter. Don't you think you're going to start hanging out with us after tonight? Carter laughs a little. Why'd you and Bailey even stop over at the house if you didn't want to hang out with Madeline and me? But Ariel ain't having this. You two, just stop it. Remember, we're having a truce tonight. How come you want to hang out with Carter and Mouse, Ariel? Mona asks. Ariel turns to her. Well, like Mouse said at Carter's, we jailbroke and got away from a boring family gathering at my house. So, Mouse and I were kind of stuck with each other. I wasn't going to just kick her to the curb. I mean, I made her come to my party tonight. Also, I didn't want to be alone. We actually had fun tonight. You know how long it's been since I got to actually do Halloween? Did you ever do Halloween? Bailey asks her. Ariel sighs. Not much. My parents often wouldn't let me. They'd always tell me to learn my place. They never cared if I had a Friday night sleepover with all of you, but we never celebrate holidays at my house. Well, except Christmas. Anyway, we're supposed to be proper, aristocratic Mirans. Carter shakes his head. Wait a minute here, Ariel. If what you say is true, how come you're in public school with us and not at Strickfield Academy? From what I heard, they have kindergarten through 12th grade over there. Ariel looks his way. Oh, believe me, they tried enrolling me at Strickfield Academy. Mom and Dad both went to and graduated from there, but I wasn't having it. She snickers a little. Carter, you know how you've called me a spoiled brat at school before? Well... This was one time it would have been warranted. We listen as Ariel tells us how her parents enrolled her at Strickfield Academy. A few hours into her first day of kindergarten, her parents had to come and get her. Ariel went on a rampage and literally wrecked anything and everything she came into contact with. Even the nuns running the place couldn't get their hands on her. I think I did tell you Ariel could run really fast. Anyway... Headmistress Hiltonson told Ariel's parents on no uncertain terms that she was never to return to Strickfield Academy ever again. Not only that, Ariel's parents had to pay a large sum of money for everything she racked. I was horrid, Carter, she admitted to end her story. Mom's still very angry with me to this day for it. You know what? I really don't care. 
I'm glad my little goober of a cousin wrecked that party. She looks up into the dark sky now. I'd much rather be here with all of you right now. She looks at Mona. Truce, okay? Just until we're all done with Halloween. Please. I think we were all speechless. Ariel Mirren was the one person we knew who never had the word please in her vocabulary. But she'd finally said it, and we were all there to hear it. Even Carter looked like his jaw was ready to drop through the bridge deck. Mona nods once. Okay, Ariel. Still truce. Ariel nods herself. I just want to be with all of you tonight. I want to leave here and go watch scary movies at Mouse's when we're done. I think all the pizza places are open super late tonight, so I'll pay for pizza if we want to order any. Just, let's enjoy Halloween while we have it, okay? Mona nods quickly. Okay. The five of us just stand on the bridge. Then the wind starts to pick up. Must be the spirit of Halloween letting us know it's the witching hour, Bailey says, kind of half-joking. Maybe, I reply. After a few minutes, we start hearing these sounds. We all look at each other and see none of us ain't doing it. The sounds are... Baby cries. Aw, man. Look! Ariel suddenly yells. We see she's pointing down at the now raging waters of the Castalia River. Then the rest of us see what Ariel's seeing. You wouldn't believe it unless you were here with us, but we ended up seeing the faces of three boys. Boys who disappeared a year ago. Tonight. It's kind of like how Mary Worth and I communicate with each other. I'll tell you more about that in a little bit. We all see the faces of Richie Horton, Bill Chapman, and Brian Chunk. It's like they're calling out to us. Go away! Get out of here! Leave before it's too late! Don't stay here! The ghost is coming! Run! Now, I'd like to think those guys didn't disappear out here, not when a search for them after last year's Halloween led to Village Cemetery, where all their candy was found. I remember reading a few articles about those guys in the Strickfield Journal. But what are they doing in the river? You guys, I, I, I don't think I like where this is headed, Carter stammers. Then we hear another voice quickly overshadow the ones in the river. You are being very bad children. You were told never to communicate with mortals. We're still looking into the water to see those boys get chased off. Next thing we know, the face of a ghastly, ghostly woman is looking right at us. More children. Mother shall come for you this instant. The wind's really starting to pick up now. Let's get out of here, I yell to the others. Man, I can barely move against this wind, Carter yells. Feels like there's a tornado out here, Mona yells back. It seems like it takes us almost a few minutes to get off the bridge. Soon as we do, we all get that bad feeling we ain't alone. Bailey confirms our feelings when she screams. Then we turn to see that ghastly woman standing on the center of the bridge. She looks like she's drenched from the raging waters, 
She's glowing bright enough to light up the whole bridge. She also looks hideously decayed and her eyes are glowing bright red. But we all know who this ghost is for sure when we see her blood-stained wedding gown. Abigail Tomlin. Aw man, something tells me I should have talked to Mary Worth about this first. Abigail Tomlin holds out her arms. New children. I already have three boys from last Halloween, but I do so love children. I can bring five more into the afterlife. Come to me. Now. We're practically tripping over our own feet when we turn around and run for it. This enough to scare you, Mouse? Ariel yells. What do you think? I call back. Man, that wind's really slowing us down. I look over my shoulder and see Abigail Tomlin's just... walking, casual, like the wind ain't bothering her at all. There's no use trying to escape, my new children. You shall join my boys very soon, and my son Arthur will have some... more playmates. When I look over my shoulder again, she points right at me. I've always wanted a little girl, but to have four... Not happening, lady, Ariel screams defiantly. Even in this horrifying Halloween experience, Ariel's gonna be Ariel. Split up, Bailey yells. That ghost can't get us all if we split up. I don't want to split up, but that's what we end up doing. Mona and Bailey go in a direction. Carter grabs Ariel's hand and pulls her in another. Madeline, over here! Carter yells. I'm trying to run his way, but I end up tripping. Just go! I'll find you! Go! You are such a cute little girl. The ghost murmurs and almost touches me. I quickly get up and face her. Me? Nah, you ain't seeing straight with them glowing eyes. I hold up my hands in front of me and smile and shake my head. I... I ain't cute at all. No way. I'm just... Ah! Yeah, Ariel would miss out on that one, too. For the longest time, she'd been trying to scare me. First time I got scared was when I first met Mary Worth. And this one's... Number two. Anyway, I turn and run for all I'm worth. Aw, man, this is really, really bad. Too bad Bells ain't here right now. Then I see a barn and run to it. I hope I can find a mirror in there and summon Mary Worth. Okay. Here's my story with her. Over the summer, I ended up watching Urban Legend with Bells and Aileen. I did some more research into Bloody Mary, the urban legend, after seeing Rebecca Gayhart and Alicia Witt acting like they were summoning her. I couldn't get Bloody Mary out of my head and kept reading into her. Then I decided to go into the bathroom across from my bedroom and try playing the game. So I kept chanting Bloody Mary many different times. Nothing happened. So then I remember her real name. Mary Worth, and chanted three times. When Mary Worth appeared, I got real scared and screamed. I tried running away, but the bathroom door suddenly closed in front of me. Mary Worth assured me she wouldn't hurt me, and then she told me her story. Long story short here, she was a witch who practiced white magic. The villagers of Salem, Massachusetts didn't really like her, 
She ended up being wrongfully tried for black magic witchcraft when children disappeared from the village and was sentenced to burn at the stake. When the burning was going to happen, a mirror was brought up to Mary for her to see how evil she was. All Mary did was use the mirror to escape her body and enter the afterlife in a less fiery and tormented way. I believed Mary and wanted to help her, so we became friends. She told me she could only come into the mortal realm if I agreed to let her possess me. More like bond with me. All I'd have to do is say her name three times while looking in a mirror to let her possess me and have my body. When she'd finish whatever it would be I'd summoned her for, she'd return to the afterlife through the mirror and give me my body back. Sure would be nice to have a mirror right about now. I'm sure Mary Worth could drive this ghost away. I gotta be able to make it to the barn first. These heavy winds are making me so tired. Even with all the Death Wish coffee I drank at Denoyer's Grill. Come to me, my precious little darling, Abigail Tomlin says. I groan and keep running until I can get inside the barn. The winds practically slam the door on my back after I go in. I turn around and pull the latch across it. This shall not keep me out, little one. I hear the ghost outside. Now that the wind ain't blowing at me, I can think for a sec. I got an idea, but it's gonna be risky. Gotta go for it. When I reach the car sitting in here, I remember they got mirrors on them. As I'm ready to call out Mary Worth, I groan. Really? I mutter. Both door mirrors are broken off. Ain't no rearview mirror either. Oh man. I quickly climb in the open window and wonder if I'm even going to have time to... <gasps> Abigail Tomlin just passed right through the door. Not good. I know you're playing hide-and-seek with me, little girl. She calls out. I look up at the sun visor. Can't be that easy, right? I pull it down and gasp when the keys fall right into my lap. I pick them up and slide them into the ignition. Please start. Please start. Please start. Did you hear that? Better check the locks on your doors. Weekly Spooky will be right back. Yes! The motor roars to life. Okay, Mousy. Remember Cruisin' USA? No, better yet, Gran Turismo. Now the ghost is standing in front of the big door, looking at me. Found you, little one. Now it's time for you to come home with your new mother. I take the biggest deep breath I ever took. Here goes nothing. I put the car in gear and stomp on the gas. I cry out when the car shoots forward. I go right through Abigail Tomlin and crash right through the big door. I'm almost to Indian Hollow Road when I remember to play the game. I stomp on the brake and turn the car onto the road. Then I hit the gas again. I gotta find the others. I look at the gas gauge. Oh man, the needle's on the big E, but the car ain't stopping. Yeah, the gauge ain't working. Guess I gotta take my chances until the gas runs out. Unless I'm just driving on fumes. So far, I ain't seeing that horrible ghost nowhere. Those darn winds make it a little tricky to steer, but I keep the car on the road. Can't believe I'm really driving this thing. It ain't long before I hit the brakes when I see Mona and Bailey waving. 
What the? Mona shrieks. Mouse? Bailey adds. You coming or staying? I ask. When they're screaming, that tells me the ghost is close. They quickly climb through the passenger window and get in the back. I floor the gas again. I gotta look for Carter and Ariel. When did you learn to drive a car, Mouse? Bailey demands. Um, kinda like, uh, now, I answer. I glance over my shoulder and see Mona and Bailey looking at each other. Then they scream. Oh, give me a break, will ya? I mutter. We're gonna die, Mona wails. Shut up, Mona, we are not, Bailey snaps. Then she says to me, We ain't even old enough to drive, Mouse. Yeah, tell me something I don't know, I return. Come on, where are you guys? Mona and Bailey scream when Abigail Tomlin appears in the road ahead of us. Hang on, I tell them, and remember Gran Turismo again. I quickly make the car spin around so the back end's facing the ghost. Then, I floor the gas again. There's Carter and Ariel, Bailey shouts, pointing at him. Go, Mouse! On it, Bailey! Just don't run them over, you little squeaker, Mona tells me. Hey, you want to take the wheel? Be my guest, I say. Oh, shut up! I drive the car up the grass and turn to go to Carter and Ariel. Then I hit the brakes. Madeline? Carter gasps in surprise. Yeah, I'm driving this thing, I tell him quickly. Get in here already. Carter climbs through the window and sits in the back with Mona and Bailey. Ariel climbs in and rides shotgun. Then Ariel screams when Abigail Tomlin's face is in her window. Drive, you little mouse! Drive! I floor the gas again and get us out of there. Then Ariel hears me gulping. You're really going to be gulping if you crash this car, mouse, Ariel tells me. Because I'll kill you first. And you could write that one in my senior yearbook before we graduate, too, I tell her. Then, Ariel gulps. Um, you two think you can ease up a little? Carter tells Mona and Bailey. No doubt they were probably clinging to him. Anybody seeing that ghost back there? I ask. I ain't got no mirrors on this thing. Looks like we're in the clear, Madeline, Carter says. First Bloody Mary, now Abigail Tomlin. Mona groans. Why does this happen to us? And then, the car sinks a little. Mouse! Bailey cries. What are you doing? I think one of the tires blew, I tell her. With those winds, it doesn't take long for the car to come to a stop. We quickly get out and look around. You think we lost that ghost? Mona stammers. We get our answer when Ariel screams. We look and see that glowing ghost floating our way. Come, my new children. No more running away. It's time to come home. She calls out. Over there, Carter yells, pointing to a nearby house. Are you kidding? Mona yells back. That place looks like it ain't been lived in for years. You got a better idea, Mona? Carter demands. When she don't, we go up and into the house. It doesn't do much to keep the winds out since there ain't much in the way of windows. We can't stay here long, I tell everybody. She can float right through walls. I tell them about the barn before getting the car. And then Ariel and Mona both run upstairs. Classic horror movie mistake. But I'm going to make that mistake myself when I have an idea. I know I'm taking a gamble, 
but it may be a chance to finally bring Mary Worth out. I follow Ariel and Bailey upstairs. When I'm at the top, I find a nasty-looking bathroom. Drat. No mirrors. I run out and into the bedroom across the hall. Nope. Running out of options here. Then I run into another bedroom and end up scaring Ariel and Bailey. Don't do that, mouse! Bailey shrieks. Sorry, I reply. And then my eyes get wide. There it is, right behind Ariel. I quickly go to it. How can you think of looking in the mirror at a time like this, mouse? Ariel snaps. We hear Carta and Mona screaming downstairs. Peekaboo, we hear Abigail Tomlin downstairs. Then Ariel and Bailey run out of the room. I gotta risk them hearing me and say Mary Worth's name three times. Suddenly, the face of Mary Worth appears in the mirror. Then her ghostly form comes out of the mirror and enters my body. In no time, I see Mary Worth looking at herself now. I'm kinda along for the ride now with Mary in charge. Mouse, stop looking in that mirror! Ariel snaps, coming back into the room. Soon as she sees Mary Worth standing right there, she really screams. Before Ariel can run away, Mary grabs her arm and pulls her behind her. Remain here. Then she pulls Bailey back into the room. You as well. Then she turns to them. No harm shall befall your friends. Mary turns and floats out into the hallway and down the stairs. It ain't long before Mona sees Mary and screams, Carter! Mona grabs his sleeve and turns him to see Mary. Get behind me, both of you, Mary tells him. I'm here to protect you. Then Abigail Tomlin sees Mary Worth. Who are you? You shall not claim these mortals, Abigail Tomlin. They are under my protection now. Mona and Carter hesitate before they choose Mary and move behind her. Abigail Tomlin's real mad now. I shall not allow you to take from me what I have already claimed. They shall never be yours so long as I am here. Mary glances at Carter and Mona. Go and join your friends upstairs. They don't question Mary and bolt right upstairs. Then Mary floats up after them, uttering one of her witch spells. Then Mary finds the others together in the bedroom with the mirror and finishes the spell. The mirror glows white now. Enter the mirror if you wish to be safe, Mary tells everybody. They don't argue and do what she says. Suddenly the five of us are back at Carter's house. No more bad winds and no more Abigail Tomlin. Ariel quickly comes to me and shakes me. Where were you, mouse? Then she actually hugs me. Something she only does very rarely. I'm here, I assure her. Mary must have stayed in the mirror after, putting me back here with the others. Wow, I can't believe we're all back in my house, Carter says. Yeah, we're all glad we ain't back at the Crybaby Bridge. But there are things I I gotta know. Carter, you mind if I use your bathroom real quick? 
Carter motions in the direction. You know where it is, Madeline. I turn and go to the stairs. I head on up and walk into the bathroom. I close the door behind me and walk to the sink and mirror. Mary Worth is looking back at me now. Thanks for saving all of us, I say. I shall never allow harm to come to innocence, so long as you call upon me to protect them, Mary tells me. Will Abigail Tomlin find us? I ask. It would depend on how powerful her ghostly aura is and what powers she possesses from it. Should she come to you here, call upon me once more. Then I tell her what happened with us seeing Richie Horton, Bill Chapman, and Brian Chunk in the Castalia River. They disappeared a year ago tonight. When we were at the bridge, they were trying to warn us, Mary. You know anything about that? I can show you what transpired with those children that you speak of. I nod quickly. Yeah, show me. Very well. Mary's face is replaced by what looks like Village Cemetery. I listen as Mary explains the events that happened one year ago. Richie, Bill, and Brian were finishing up with trick-or-treating. They each had a pillowcase full of candy. They were on their way back to their clubhouse at Brian's place when they heard noises. The guys found some little kids playing in Village Cemetery, late on Halloween night. Knowing something wasn't right, the guys went in to check it out. The kids were playing a game called Ghost in the Graveyard. One of the kids named Arthur convinced Richie, Bill, and Brian to play. Everything seemed innocent enough. Turns out Arthur was a ghost who was luring other kids to his mother, Abigail Tomlin, who brings the souls of children into the afterlife to keep as her own kids. It seemed that Richie, Bill, and Brian had escaped Abigail Tomlin before and were looking to settle the score. She ended up coming out of a crypt she was hiding in and chasing him down. I don't get it, Mary. If Abigail Tomlin is tied to that old bridge on Indian Hollow Road, what was she doing in Village Cemetery last Halloween? I ask. The water flowing underneath the bridge, you ask of, also branches into separate creeks. A few such creeks flow into Village Cemetery, allowing Abigail Tomlin free reign so long as she stays close to the water. I continue watching the mirror. Richie, Bill, and Brian escaped from Abigail Tomlin a second time. They could have got away and stayed away. Knowing those other kids were still inside, they went back into the cemetery and distracted Abigail long enough to let the kids escape. It wasn't until the last kid was out that Abigail Tomlin finally touched them and brought them into the afterlife with her. Ain't nobody seen those guys since, until we did, a little while ago. All that was found of those kids, after Abigail got them, were their pillow sacks full of Halloween candy. But how did Richie, Bill, and Brian escape Abigail Tomlin the first time, Mary? I ask. I shall show you that as well. 
Mary shows me the summer night, a few months before Halloween, where the three of them were camping out off Indian Hollow Road not too far from the Crybaby Bridge. It was in the middle of the night, and they decided to check out the legend of the bridge and see if it was just that, much like we were doing. You know, they ended up finding out the same way we did, that it ain't just a story. Abigail Tomlin appeared and tried to claim Richie, Bill, and Brian as her children, like how she wanted to claim the five of us. The only way they ended up surviving was sunrise. Mary told me before there are many ghosts who can't be out during the daylight. Abigail Tomlin was just such a ghost. Abigail Tomlin swore she would claim those boys, Madeline. Mary finishes. Last Halloween, she resurrected her son as a ghost to assist her in bringing those boys to her. I've already shown you that outcome. I'm sad now. Are those guys really dead, Mary? The fact that they were able to communicate with you the way they did says that they are not truly dead. Their life essences have been ensnared by Abigail Tomlin. I feel my tummy hurting with hope. Is there any way to save them? Bring them back? Can you do anything? I'm afraid that even my powerful white magics have limitations. Abigail Tomlin herself must release their essences. I believe I have an idea that may persuade her to do so. It will require us to return to the bridge. Before I can ask Mary her plan, I hear Ariel calling upstairs. You fall in, Mouse? Perhaps you had best return to the others for now, Mary suggests. I want to save those guys, Mary, I tell her. And we shall, Madeline. But it may not be for the best that your friends know of our connection to one another. Unless you disagree. And suddenly, I got a plan. I know what I gotta do when I'm heading back down to the others. You're not safe yet. Weekly Spooky will be right back. You okay, Madeline? Carter asks. Fine, I tell everybody. Then Carter comes to me. Talk to me, Madeline. What's up? Nothing, I quickly say. He shakes his head. You ain't being honest with me. We've known each other since we were in second grade. Come on, what's on your mind? I sigh. No, I ain't a very good liar and never was. Carter's right about us knowing each other that well. Even Ariel's told me that before, which is why I can never get out of going to her family events that I don't really want to go to. That, and I more or less do it for Ariel's sake. I really don't want to tell the others what's on my mind, but Carter's going to make me talk. Also, I definitely can't outrun Ariel. Maybe if she was wearing heels with her dress, but her dress shoes are flat enough to where she can run. Carter puts his hands on my shoulders. Madeline? I can't lie to my buddy. I'm going back. What? Everybody utters all at once. Just what I said, I say. Do you have any idea how insane that sounds, Mouse? Bailey snaps. Yeah, I kind of sort of do, I tell her. Just 
Why? Mona shrieks. I always knew you were crazy, but this? You ain't gotta come with me, I say. Ariel quickly moves up behind me. We don't have to let you go, either. Carter looks me in the face now. Why, Madeline? At least he's being calm. Because there might be a chance to save Richie Horton, Bill Chapman, and Brian Chunk, I say. We all saw him in the river earlier. Ariel tightens her grip on my shoulders a little. How can you possibly save them, Mouse? Yeah, I really want to hear this, Mona adds. I don't want to tell them about Mary Worth, and I don't want to put any of my friends in danger. This is something I gotta do by myself. Or at least once I call on Mary Worth to take my body again. I only got two options here. Either one's gonna have to be sneaky. One, I can try slipping away from Ariel and getting out of the front door. Two, I can try slipping away from Ariel and running back upstairs. The other girls call me Mouse, so I think it's time to act like one. I quickly drop to the floor. Both Carter and Ariel try grabbing me, but then I scurry in between Ariel's legs. When I'm back up, I quickly head back upstairs. Get her! Mona yells. I know I ain't got much time when I hear people on the stairs. If Carter's in front, I got a little more time. You just stop, Mouse! Ariel's in front of Carter. Not good. I move with everything I got and quickly lock myself in Carter's room. Open the door, Madeline, Carter calls out. Come on, don't do this. Open this door, you you wicked little rodent, Mona yells. I quickly get to the window next to Carter's bed and open it. I'm outside and on the old TV antenna. Before climbing down, I close the window back up. Should buy me a few seconds. I'm on the ground and running away from Carter's house. Madeline! Carter yells from his window. I ain't got much time now when Carter's mounting the antenna himself. I quickly get in my garage and ride my bike out of there. I gotta ride around the other side of my house so Carter don't grab me. I shriek when Carter's right there. Like I said, we know each other very well. Quick decision. I hit my brakes and spin my bike around. Carter's running after me now. Ah, no. Now Ariel's right there to box me in. Aw, man. Quick decision again. I slide my bike into the ground when Ariel jumps at me. I hear her take Carter down. I'm back up fast and back on my bike. I ride around the house and easily avoid Mona and Bailey. Now I'm out on the road and pedaling fast. Unless they're going to try driving a car like what I did earlier, they ain't catching me in a big hurry. I'm a master at riding my mongoose. I end up taking several shortcuts to make sure Carter don't catch up with me in a hurry. He will definitely find me, though, especially since they all know where I'm going. Only questions whether or not Carter will come after me himself. I'll be honest here. I'm really scared right now. I'm definitely afraid Carter's going to get to me before I can reach the crybaby bridge. Also, you know... I'm kind of scared to death of Abigail Tomlin. Right now, I'm more scared of the former. I can't let Carter stop me. If there's any chance in saving Richie Horton, Bill Chapman, and Brian Chunk, I gotta try. Okay, let's be honest here. If I wasn't tied to Mary Worth, I'd probably feel helpless and get agitated about it. But since Mary Worth and I are tied together, 
I've been trying to use our connection to help people. Want to know something the others don't? Aileen and Bells know my secret. In fact, I've been out with them when they've been out looking for baddies around Strickfield. Why don't I trust Carter with my secret? Simple. I don't want anything happening to him. You don't know how many times I wanted to tell him, or even Ariel. I know under Pinky promises they'd both keep my secret, but I don't want to risk either of them. I can't. After taking enough shortcuts, I finally reached Denoyer's Grill. I can see the place is packed now. Usually is on Halloween night, especially when people are still out and about after the witching hour. I keep pedaling hard and fast. I'm taking other shortcuts to get me to Indian Hollow Road faster. My gut tells me to look over my shoulder. Ah, oh, no. Carter's coming. I got a good lead on him, but he figured me out. Madeline, stop! I gotta take a real risk now. I'm riding fast enough to where I can make the big jump coming up. I've been able to make it before, but it ain't easy. I hit wrong, I'm gonna really wipe out. I'm faster on a bike than Carter, but he can make the big jumps better. Or I should say, he makes them look real easy. If I want to have any chance of getting Carter off my back long enough to get back to the bridge and summon Mary, I gotta make my jump. Don't do it, Madeline! Carter yells. No turning back now. I feel my tummy dropping out of me fast when I'm airborne. I gotta hit this jump just right. Feels like I'm in the air for the longest time. Always does. I always try being calm, but it never works out. I'm going down, 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 boom. Landed it. Had to use my feet to keep from wiping out, but I make it. I quickly pedal again and coast down the hill on Indian Hollow Road, leading to the Crybaby Bridge. Can't let Carter stop me now. I get off my bike and feel warm enough from all the riding I did. Now, I just gotta wait. And I ain't gotta do it long. The wind's starting to pick up again. Won't be long before Abigail Tomlin's gonna show up. I'm really scared now, I'm not gonna lie. Huh? Is somebody moving over in the trees? Yeah, I do see somebody. Is that... A little kid? Oh man, I really don't need this right now. Abigail Tomlin's going to appear. I was going to be the bait, but I ain't risking a little boy being out here with me. I move until I reach him. What are you doing out here so late, kid? The little boy don't seem to be afraid. Just outside. I don't live far from here. What are you doing out here? The winds are really picking up now. I turn the kid around. We gotta move. But... We can't stay here, I yell. The ghost will be here any second. Now the little boy looks confused. Ghost? And then I see Carter making the jump and making it look so easy. Like I said, he's better at jump stunts than I am. I wave for him to turn away. Then I look over my shoulder and see Abigail Tomlin appearing on the bridge in her disgusting, glowing, ghostly manifestation. You've returned to me. My darling little girl, she says, floating for me and the little boy. Come to your new mother. I take a huge breath and yell, Ain't happening, lady! I point to her. And I want you to let those three guys go! 
Now she stops. I'm thinking she's surprised. They are my children, little girl. They can never return to the mortal realm again. Yeah? Says you. Then I pull the compact I snagged from the sink drawer in Carter's bathroom out of my pocket. Okay, Abigail Tomlin. Let's finish this, I yell. Carter and the little boy are going to see, but I gotta do this. I open the compact to bring Mary Worth back, but then... No! I checked the compact when I took it out of Carter's bathroom. The mirror was perfect. Now it's shattered. Mary told me the mirror glass has got to be whole or she can't come through. I must have busted it on the jump. I feel hands on my shoulders now. It's Carter. Leave her alone! He shouts at the ghost. Then he grabs my hand and turns the little boy. Come on! No chance getting on the bikes with Abigail Tomlin that close. Not with that little boy with us. We gotta leave him and run. This way! Carter yells over the winds. We follow Carter down the slope beside the raging river. Do you really think you can escape that way? My new children, the ghost calls out. With the river water raging, there ain't no chance of getting a reflection. Oh man, I really messed up, and I mean bad. We ain't gonna get away from Abigail Tomlin this time. No way for me to regroup and find another mirror. But we ain't gonna make it easy for that ghost to catch us. We're tired and exhausted, but we keep moving. We go under the bridge and make our way back up. The winds almost make us fall back, but we lunge forward and climb. When we're back on top, we run again. There's no use running any further. You belong to me now. No way Abigail Tomlin's getting us if I can help it. I turn around and face her. Take me, but you ain't getting Carter or the kid. Madeline, no! Carter yells. Come on! No, Carter. Just go. When Carter turns me around, I see that barn where I found the car earlier. The three of us pour it on, making one final attempt. We run for all we're worth. You children are just delaying the inevitable. We're so close to the barn now. As I'm ready to open the small door, the little boy suddenly stands in front of it. I try to move him aside, but he won't budge. The game is over, you two. It's time for you both to come home with your new mother. Isn't that right, Arthur? We see the little boy smiling, a wicked little smile. You're right, Mom. Now he's all soaking wet like his mom, and we can hear his voice as clearly as we hear Abigail's. And now, my son, you shall have new playmates. We're going to have so much fun together. Arthur cheers excitedly. No way, Carter shouts. As Carter and I turn and run, a huge gust of wind makes us both fall and tumble downward, away from the barn. When I stop rolling, I look to see Carter ain't moving. Carter! I yell, shaking him. He still isn't moving. Oh man, he must have got knocked out. I'm so exhausted now. I can't run no more. I can't run no more. I feel like crying at having failed. I shake my head fast. I ain't gonna let that ghost take me like that. I'm gonna go knowing I stood up to her. Suddenly, the winds... 
die down. What is this? Abigail Tomlin growls. Morning is several hours away. Yeah, but I ain't. A voice that makes my heart pound fast tells her. I turn to face her. Bells? Bella Tabon is still wearing her Elvira-looking dress, but she has her normal face. Surprised? I know we are at seeing you out here. We? I ask. Then Cousin Aileen appears. We were out doing our thing with hunting supernatural baddies, Maddie. Then we heard people saying they saw that ghost out by Denoyer's grill. She points at Abigail Tomlin. Did you summon her? I just wanted to rescue the boys Abigail Tomlin took a year ago, I tell him. I messed up, though. I point to Arthur. And now her boy's in the picture. Then Abigail Tomlin smiles. Twin girls? And so cute. I shall have you both. Bella faces the ghost now. Uh-uh. Ain't happening, ghosty. Even you don't hold power over a vampire. How do you think I stopped your wins? Then she suddenly looks down in Arthur's face and vamps out. Buzz off! Arthur cries out and runs away. But the ghost laughs. Arthur will return. Even you, vampire, with all your powers, cannot save these children. You want to bet on that? Belle says boldly. If I could just find a mirror, I mutter. Then Bella turns to Aileen. Give Maddie your flashlight, fast! Aileen hands it to me. Bells looks at me now. Take off your glasses and shine the light on them. I gasp. Why didn't I think of that? Oh, right. I didn't have a light. I take the flashlight from Aileen and do what Bell says. When I think I got a reflection, I quickly say Mary Worth's name three times. Nothing happens. I try again. Still nothing. Are you afraid? Good. Weekly Spooky will be right back. <laughs> Come on, I cry. Please. Aileen quickly takes my glasses and holds them. You have to shine it on yourself, Maddie. Then I finally see myself in the lenses and say Maryworth's name three times again. Yes, I shriek. The ghostly energies come out of the lenses and into me. Again, I'm in the back of Mary's mind as she takes over my body and appears again. Bells asks Mary, You know what's going on? I do, Mary tells her. Then she faces Abigail Tomlin. Release those boys to me. Their souls do not belong to you. Never, Abigail Tomlin roars. Suddenly, Tomlin changes into something scary, like right out of the opening scene of the original Ghostbusters. You know the scene in the library after Dan Aykroyd yells, Get her? Mary easily floats away from her. Now I feel Mary's eyes glowing bright. Then her face glows bright. Soon her whole body's glowing bright. Do not feel that you hold power over me, Abigail Tomlin. You are only a ghost. I hold power of the white light. Be gone! Never, Tomlin roars again. She gets real ugly now. Then she starts glowing an eerie red. 
Even though I'm safe, seeing Abigail Tomlin like that really scares me. Now I can see Bells easily lifting Carter into her arms and carrying him to safety. Aileen goes with her. It's up to Mary now. Suddenly, these hot lights come out of Tomlin's eyes and mouth. Mary is sent flying backward and goes through a couple of trees before she falls near the Castalia River. Mary's floating back into the air. She utters one of her witch spells before discharging her white light at Tomlin. Tomlin screams and flies back herself, but she's quickly back up again. I will never surrender my boys, Tomlin declares. Mary laughs a little. Do not be so certain. You shall release them back to the mortal realm this very night. Tomlin roars again and charges at Mary. Now I know enough about ghosts to know you don't want one passing through another. If Tomlin passes through Mary, that can make for a... bad night. As Tomlin's about to collide with Mary, a blue energy appears in between them and repels Tomlin. You forget that we are not the same, Abigail Tomlin. You became a ghost in death. I am an astral projection. I left my body of my own free will. In other words, our energies are not the same. I look and see that Ariel, Bailey, and Mona finally reached the area. They rode the other bikes in Carter's garage. Bells and Aileen moved to them. I can hear how scared Ariel is when she sees Bells holding Carter. I know the others are safe now. That means Mary and I don't have to worry about him. I offer you one last opportunity. Relinquish those boys to me, Mary tells Abigail. If you do not, then you shall leave me no other choice but to force your hand. Tomlin glows red hot now. Never. Even you do not have the power to ultimately destroy me. I am aware of this, and that was never my intention. Then she utters another incantation. Mom! Help! Tomlin turns to see little Arthur's ghost in some kind of glowing sphere. Mom! I can't get out! Help me! Arthur cries. Now Arthur's mom is the maddest we've ever seen. Release my son at once! Not until you allow Richard Horton, William Chapman, and Brian Chunk to return to the mortal realm once more. And you shall give your word that you shall never pursue them again. Only then shall I release your son. Decide now! Even though Abigail Tomlin's a bad ghost, she's still a mom deep down. Arthur is her actual kid. Tomlin turns back to Mary and howls with rage again. But Mary ain't swayed. She even tries using her own power to break Arthur free. But Mary just said their energies ain't the same. Finally, Tomlin turns back to Mary. Curse you. I shall release them. Mary watches as Tomlin points to the Castalia River. The river glows red for a moment. Then, yes! Richie, Bill, and Brian are coming out of the river. They're holding themselves at being wet and cold, but there they are. Now give me your word that you shall never pursue them again, Abigail. Tomlin looks at the boys. Then she laughs, a long, scornful laugh. Do you really think it's that simple? 
Now the boys are scared when they see both Abigail Tomlin and Mary Worth together. Tomlin points to them. You boys are in the mortal realm again, but know that you shall never be free. I claimed you last Halloween. There can never truly be any return for you three. Richie turns to Bill and Brian. You mean, we're going to stay dead? I have only allowed for you to be in the mortal realm. You shall continue to be in your ghostly forms from the time when I claimed you last Halloween. Then Abigail says to Mary, You never said I had to restore them to life. Mary utters another spell and puts a white light on the guys. That should dry and warm the three of you. And do not trouble yourselves over Abigail Tomlin any longer. But, Brian utters, Mary tells Tomlin again, Promise! Tomlin growls angrily in defeat. I promise. Now, release my son. Mary speaks a spell again and removes the energy on Arthur. He floats to his mother right away. Tomlin points to Mary. You have made an enemy today. This shall not be the last time we meet. Perhaps. Perhaps not. Then Bells comes back for the boys. Come on. Come with me. Richie, Bill, and Brian quickly go to Bell's and let her take them to be with the others. After that, Abigail and Arthur Tomlin return to the Crybaby Bridge. Once they're at the center, the two of them disappear. She'll be back, won't she? I ask Mary. Even I cannot truly end her, Madeline, Mary tells me. However, I can make it most difficult for her and Arthur to return, should there be foolhardy mortals who wish to explore this particular local legend. Mary speaks her witch language again and makes me awe when she changes the road so that it don't cross the bridge. Then she puts an energy around the bridge to make it invisible. Will that keep people away, Mary? I ask. It shall prove difficult for mortals to find this accursed bridge, but do remember that everything has limitations. I cannot promise that Abigail Tomlin will never return again. My work is finished here. I think it is best for you to return to your friends now. But there ain't no mirrors. No? Mary produces the busted compact and restores it. Then she opens it, and gives me back my body when she goes back into the little mirror. It ain't long before Bells finds me and brings me to where everybody's at. Looks like quite a group here. Then Ariel comes and grabs me. Don't you ever do that again, Madeline. Then she actually hugs me in front of everybody. She only calls me Madeline when she's dead serious. I'm sorry, I tell her. When we come apart, I tell everybody else I'm sorry. Then I look at the guys we just saved. You okay? How can we be okay? Bill yells. Then he points to the river. Didn't you hear Abigail Tomlin? We're still ghosts, right? Are you? Bells asks. Then she shoves him a little. You can't do that to a ghost. But, but, Brian sputters. Bells smirks now. Even ghosts can lie, same as people. So, 
Who's hungry? Brian quickly brightens up. Oh, I could sure go for some sweet potato pie at Denoyer's Grill right now. Aw, no way, Chunker, Bill mutters. Yeah, that's right. Brian's nickname is Chunker. Forget it, Chunker, Richie adds. But I am hungry. Then let's get you guys some food, Aileen says. After that, we'll get you back to your families. The lot of us leave Indian Hollow Road and make our way to Denoyer's Grill. Looks like our Halloween party's turning into a... a celebration. Boy, did copies of the Strickfield Journal sell out fast when it read that Richie, Bill, and Chunker returned. It sure was nice to see the parents crying for joy at having their kids back. Definitely a Halloween to remember, for many reasons. When November 2nd came, everything was kinda sorta back to normal. Ariel, Bailey, and Mona were back to picking on me, but our group ended up being expanded by three. Yup, Richie, Bill, and Chunker became our new friends, which I don't really mind. We're all going to have to get to know each other, but hey. Fortunately for me, nobody saw me call Mary Worth at the Crybaby Bridge. I think at least someone would have gave me a hard time about it if they did. So far, only Cousin Aileen and Bells know my secret. Speaking of Mary Worth... I still hear Ariel, Bailey, and Mona talk about her. Sounds like Mary's still giving them the creeps. At least they ain't seeing her in their mirrors, right? When it came to Carter, he was mad at me for a while. But after a day of cooling off, we were buddies again. I could tell he wanted to tell me never to risk my life the way I did ever again. He couldn't, though. Not after freeing Richie, Bill, and Brian. Oh, that's right, they go by... Horton, Chapman, and Chunker. Oh, and they end up not humoring Ariel and call me Maddie, just like Cousin Aileen does. It don't take them long to start getting under Ariel's skin when they won't acknowledge her as the queen of Strickfield Junior High, so Carter's got some friends there. As for school, it takes a little bit for everybody to get used to seeing Horton, Chapman, and Chunker alive and well again. Those guys are just glad to be walking the halls of Strickfield Junior High again. Friday comes again. I'm sitting with our new friends at lunch period. Then I hear the familiar hands slamming on the table. Yes, I say. Ariel gives me her usual menacing look. Now you wouldn't be thinking of skipping my sleepover at my house tonight, would you, Mouse? I turned to face her. You mean your mom didn't massacre you for running out on Halloween night? Ariel tightens her fists. You really think I'd let mom do that to me? I hate you, mouse! Then she sees the guys. And what are you looking at? Chapman just looks at her and yawns. <sighs> you guys hear anything? Horton looks at Ariel. The sound of self-importance? Chunker grins. Sounds about right, Horton. Oh, does that make Ariel mad. Oh, you, you! I quickly stand up before Ariel can belt out another one of her blood-curdling screams. Yeah, I'll be there. What time? Same gate code? I'd have expected Ariel to give me a hard time, but she just looks at me. Then she says to where only I can hear her, You're a good friend, Madeline. I just want to tell you that. Then she points right at me. 
You repeat what I just said to anyone, and I'll deny it. Repeat what? I utter. Exactly. Then she tells me, 7.30, and I texted you the new gate code. Then she points to the guys, and you three will learn your places here at my school. Okay, Chapman tells her in a crazy tone. Then I quickly diffuse Ariel. See you soon. I'll bring those scary movies tonight. Ariel nods and leaves us alone. There really ain't much more to tell. We survived Halloween and saved our new friends. I guess this means you'll be seeing more of us again. It may be a few of us, or it may be all eight of us. Who knows? But we'll have more adventures coming real soon. Until next time, the end. I love a happy ending occasionally. It's like a palate cleanser here at Weekly Spooky. I hope you enjoyed it too. This was quite the meeting of the monstrous minds in Strickfield, and I had a great time reading it with you. So thank you so much for joining me. I hope you've been enjoying this massive amount of content we've put out this October. It's been a fun, albeit daunting, task for me, but I've enjoyed it. I really have. And it's been so incredible to hear from all you brand new spookies who have discovered us this Halloween season, and I sure hope a lot of you will stick around with us. We have a lot of cool stuff in store for November and especially December. We're all about doing Creepy Christmas here at Weekly Spooky. And we are not seasonal. We go every single week of the year. We never stop. Oh, no, no. We never stop. And if you love what we're doing and you want to support us in a very direct way, you can go to weeklyspooky.com and click on Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you get a bonus show every month and our undying gratitude. And speaking of which, I want to say an extra special thank you to our Patreon podcast boosters. These are folks who pay just a little bit more to hear their names at the end of every show. And they are Johnny Nix, Bobbletopia.com, Megan Hua, Julia Kirsch, Brent McCullough, Steve King, Karen Wiemet, Jack Kerr, and Craig Cohen. Thank you all so much for helping make the show happen. And if you want to join them, just go to weeklyspooky.com, click on Patreon, and select any tier at the $15 or higher mark. We do appreciate it. But now it's time for me to get back to work. Tomorrow is another full audiobook babysitter massacres family splatters will be dropping completely free tomorrow for you to enjoy so i gotta get back to work for myself for my producer dan wilder for my executive producers rob fields and joshua butler and my composer ray mattis i will talk at you first thing tomorrow (laughs) thank you for listening make sure to find your way back next week but for now you are safe Trust me. <laughs> <laughs>